Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast for our first ever episode and my name is Chris Loder and I'll be your host and this week I'm joined with my uh, guests Marcus Horoski and also as well our special guest which is Megan O'Brien. She is the racing manager for John Dance and Titanium Racing and we're going to be talking to her about her career. Also as well we'll be talking about the Mighty Lawrence, what it's like up in the north when it comes to racing and also as well looking ahead towards um, the Cheltenham Festival Trials this Saturday. So uh, how is everyone? Good, good, Chris. Yeah, seems like we're all good. Yeah. Um, I think we've got a really interesting guest on today and we'll learn some more about Megan and what she's doing. Um, but yeah, um, everyone's all good on my front and maybe get some winners at the weekend to top things off. Yeah, we heard uh, Megan has some uh, good tips, so uh, we'll, we, we'll want to be yeah. uh, getting on those. Uh, but we're all going to uh, find out about where it started for Megan. So, um, Megan, where was um, where was the first time you ever saw racing? Do you come from a racing uh, family? Or... Um, not really. Uh, we've always been sort of horsey. We've had horses growing up. Um, my granddad absolutely loved racing. Uh, I would I just always remember going around there on a weekend and, and sitting watching it with him. Um, and it just kind of, you know, clicked from there and got a bit hooked to it. Uh, and that was um, that was it, really. Decided that I wanted to go down that as a, as a career path, and uh, off I went. How, um, Megan, how, how did you, you find like, getting into racing? Obviously not coming from a racing background, did you find it quite challenging at first? Or did you face any barriers? Or how did you how did you get into it, just getting a, getting a gig in the industry? Not, not really. Um, I up sticks and went down to, to Newmarket and did a, an apprentice course down there at one of the studs, which was the best thing I ever did. Um, cool. So really enjoyed it. it. You learn a lot. You're away from home. I was sort of 16 at the time. Um, got to work with some, some nice horses. They had um, sort of working with yearling foals and stuff. And, um, I kind of just went from there and took whatever just interned the industry threw at me, really. Was it, was it BHA, like, scheme, or was it similar to the graduate scheme we currently have, or was it like an apprenticeship, or...? It was an apprenticeship. It was a national sort of apprenticeship right. course. Um, sort of a nine-week course. They do a lot more now. Um, they've opened it up so that people who are over... They sort of restricted it to, like, up to the age of 25. Um, yeah, I'll be struggling now. Yeah. Well, they do it now where you can apply sort of any age. We've got like a, yeah. an older course now. Um, and for anyone who either wants a career change or to look into things, I'd recommend having a look sort of on the National okay. Stud website or the, the um, Racing College down there. Um, okay. There's lots of different options if you look for them. Um, and if you want them bad enough, you'll get it in the end it doesn't to me, yeah. it doesn't matter whether you're born into it or you're not born into it um if you're good enough then you'll get there eventually yeah that's that's a good uh, a good way to look at it because obviously me and i mean chris, chris can also relate to this as well you just got to if you've got the drive the ambition the passion you just need to keep knocking on those doors don't you how did you um yeah, make your connections in, in the industry was it all through new market did was it a good place to network there and get uh, get a foot in the industry yeah, um, I'm just sort of going racing a lot. Um, sort of, I remember one of the first days I went racing was the 
I did Chase in 2004, um, okay. and I strangely enough can remember it clear as day. But um, yeah, you just, it's, it's talking to people, it's sort of networking and getting your name out there. Um, I was massively into pedigree, still am, I was a massive Drugmont fan, um, I love what they do, you know, breeding not buying as such they've started to a bit more now um just to expand the bloodlines and things but just sort of going to the sales and meeting people and different things like that that's uh how you do it really and and how did you get into the the racing manager side of things what did you know uh john early on in your life or have you met him a bit later in the game um, so I've had shares in horses myself up north and I had a, a share in a horse with Becky Menzies and John had one in training there at the time and just sort of got to know him through that. Um, and I, I was working in a betting shop at the time as a betting shop manager because I'd come back up north um, and sort of said I'd kind of like to get back into racing but working sort of in an admin role and um, that was it. And you've been uh, now with uh, John Dance and Titanium Racing for a little while. How how did that kind of connection develop to be his racing manager? Yeah, so I started with John three three years next week. Um, Sort of just doing his admin and keeping everything quite up to date and then running the racing club that he had set up. Um, So yeah, I do dealing with like people who want to join the club, uh, keeping up to date with the horses, sending updates out to everyone, doing emails when they're declared, entered, um, all sorts really. Um, and then I also get to very lucky to go racing with, with John's horses when he has runners, um, yeah. which is uh, an amazing experience and I'm, I'm very lucky to do that. So, uh, yeah, it's... Um, bit of downtime at the minute now the season's finished but once it once it starts up again it'll be uh, chaotic no doubt the titanium racing club so john's actually involved in the back the back office that's not just his colors that we're known for seeing lauren's in yeah no so it's a completely different entity um yeah. john's the patron for the club um so what the horses are john's but he leases them into the club um, right. just to make it sort of affordable for people to get involved in racing in some way. So there's two membership options of either four horses or eight horses a month, which is £100 or £175. Um, and members get sort of full ownership experience and get prize money off each horse they're involved in. They get owner's badges, um, information about each horse. They obviously get to go racing a lot. Um, I organise sales trips, so I've taken members to Doncaster Sales at Goths, just so they yeah. can sort of have a look around and see what that's like um, as, a, as a part of the industry. Uh, we've been down to Newmarket, we went racing, and we also went to see Frankel at Banstead, which is something a lot of people sort of involved in racing, especially up north, might not have the opportunity to do. Um, yeah. And we just try and do different things like that and, and have like some members days at Newcastle Racecourse who are, who are very accommodating for us. Um, 
and different things like that just to keep people interested and, and show them how good the sport is. Yeah, it's good that John's actually doing that because um, a lot of people think that racing's a closed circle because obviously owners' fees are very expensive. Um, and I, I do know that Titanium Racing have got a, a website. Um, you know, I, wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't put anybody off having a look um, and obviously having a look to see if you can get a share in any syndicate. Um, but I know that your one's very well run. Is there any any horses within within the, the Titanium Racing that we should keep an eye on um, and what's going on with them at the moment? Yeah, um, I mean, hopefully we've got probably our best best bunch going forward. Um, we bought Flavius Titus from the horse and training sale out in Roger Bearing's yard for 35 grand. Um, he's hopefully going to go back to the race he won at Newmarket last year. Um, he's at Jeddle Keep. He settled in really well. He went there last week. Um, after having a break. We've got a nice two-year-old study by Holy Roman Emperor who is going to go into Richard Foy. Um, she's just at the pre-training yard at the moment. Um, we've got a lovely policy cook called that's at Carl Burks who is going to be early. So hopefully we've got a nice sort of wide range of horses. We've got two-year-olds, three-year-olds, a couple of older horses that will run over a variety of trips and at different parts of the season just to keep people interested but I yeah. mean if, if people were looking to get involved in, in ownership and stuff I'd highly recommend looking at the, the RFA which is the Racehorse Syndicate Association so you've got a members directory on there um, and they're registered with them as well um, and, and just sort of looking at what's in their area and, and what would best suit their, their budget. So take it or like you're talking about you've got a nice spread this year, so it's not they're just going to be currently running in the north. They're going to be running all over the country, and um, so it could attract. Yeah, I mean we've got members at the moment from as far south as Aldershot to sort of Glasgow, Aberdeen, <laughs> New Maynard. We've got actually people who live abroad as well that are, are members. Um, we give members free access to the racing manager, which is um, recently just been set up and is a, a very good system. Um, it's sort of like an app and a website and trainers can post updates directly into that. Would you ever consider going into training, Megan? No, no it's, it's a very difficult job. Uh, and I respect anyone who who is a, a trainer. Like I see hand on like just how difficult a job it is, you know. <laughs> You've got to manage staff, you've got to manage owners, you've got to keep the horses sound and keep them happy. It's just, yeah. Apart from obviously being a, a racing manager, uh, what what kind of other things do you do in the industry? What Are you, are you quite keen on being a bit of a punter or um, on that side of things as well? Do you, do you like a little flutter now and again? Yeah, um, I'll, have a, I'll have a bet nearly every day um for a bit of interest um we've still got horses my sister has got a couple of mares that she she breeds from um and she's been pinhooking a couple of fold to yearlings for the past couple of years and has done done really well with them um so yeah there's just there's lots of different ways that people can be involved tell us um tell us about lawrence tell us tell us the story well, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Sean would ever have imagined that she would turn into the, the silly she did. Um, 
I can sort of remember when she went to Doncaster for her debut and um, John and Jess went down and uh, they had two runners that night and we had a runner for Titanium um, and couldn't get down there that night, um, which was a shame because she, she won. Um, beatbox Rhythm was the other horse that Carberg trained as well and um, he finished second and then we went and had our first winner in a, in a club at the same card so that was, uh, that was the start Memorable. of a, a very good journey, yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, Megan, how much did she, you pay for one? She cost 220000 um, right, okay. is a, a lot of money, um, mm-hmm. but you know, she's repaid that tenfold. Um, yeah. I mean, the experiences that they've had um, because of her are just outstanding. You know, you, you, uh, you'd be very lucky to get that again. Any Anybody would. Um, that's why you've got to enjoy the good days when they come along because they don't come around that often. Um, which is a little bit yeah, she's won a lot. She's won a lot, of, she's, she's won a lot of big races. I mean, she's won in Ireland. She's yeah. won in Newmarket. She's won in France. I mean... The form's solid as well. I mean, it's not like she's running egg and spoon races. I mean, she's running top, top races. Yeah, I mean, she's won a, a group one at two, three and four. Um, you, yeah. you can't do much more than, than that for your broodmare career. So she's um, she's across at the Irish National Flood at the moment and she'll be covered by Invincible Spirit and then she'll head back to the guys at Salty Forest for Stan and Josh and uh, they'll keep her keep her safe and stuff down there and, and look after it. Second in the games as well, I mean, this form's solid. Yeah, I mean, that was heartbreaking. I don't think I'd ever want to watch a replay of that ever again, never mind John. Um, yeah, yeah. I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say that's a negative of the Bilson Brook. That's one of mine in Chrissy's Hall of Fame horses. It gets us out of trouble at price. Yeah. Right, well, I'll not comment then. Well, we, we, <laughs> we put her up on an old podcast at 16 to 1 when she won at Newmarket in the autumn. And um, yeah. we, we we both we both came up the horse without uh without uh conferring beforehand. So so that was a that was a good moment. But going back to Lauren's, was was she uh from from the start? Was she did she always show a lot at home, or was it only really when she got to the race course that she really um stamped her authority and showed how good she was? No, I think with with horses like like her, they always show a little bit at home um i know they were they were happy with it um but obviously until they go and do it on the track you can never guarantee um but yeah i mean john castle onwards what an absolute dream no it's she's a one in a million horse do, do you think maybe now that she, obviously she proved herself uh and pretty much put john dance uh on the map as an owner she John's maybe a little bit more under pressure now to find find a good horse, if that makes sense. Because obviously Lawrence was just a wonderful horse. Like you were saying, it's going to be hard to find another horse probably of her level uh, for, for, the, for, um, for, for owners. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. You know, you hope you can find other horses like, like that. That's what you look for, but until they go and do it on the track you can never guarantee it so whether there's something hiding there for this year out of a, a two-year-old who knows but hopefully there might be one there that uh, that turns out to be a nice horse yeah me and marcus were looking beforehand before we recorded and 
We saw um, Harim Queen has been quite a nice horse for it for for him so far. Um, yeah, she just won again this afternoon at Subbo. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Um, what's the plans with her? Uh, could she not? She won't probably be obviously nowhere near as good as Lawrence, but could may, we maybe see her in the summer? Maybe a good handicapper. Maybe compete in group, some group uh, races for fillies and mares. Yeah, I mean, I don't see see why not. Sort of, she ran two nice nice races um, as a two year old. Finished fourth on debut at Newcastle uh, over seven, and then she went to Doncaster and finished fourth again over six. She had a bit of a break, came back in October, and um, won at Stubble, which they dropped back to five. So she certainly appreciated. Um, she backed that up again. Um, she finished second just before Christmas back at Subble and then came up to Newcastle um, at the beginning of the month and ran a really nice race in a class two against some sort of solid handicappers in a conditioned race. Um, yeah, that, that form's quite strong, actually. I'm just looking at Shades of Blue, um, favourite that day on debut. Um, I mean, it finished, it got beat a neck in the Phillies Group 2 at Ascot, and this went on to win a listed race in France. So it's got solid form, and um, it's progressive. Yeah, um, so we'll see what she does. I mean, she won well today. She dug deep um, yeah. where she goes next. Is there any exciting two-year-olds to watch at the moment, Megan? Anything to look out for? Um, to be honest, they've not sort of gone into training yet. They're all pre-trainers still. Um okay. He's got a really nice, on paper, city by Kingman out of Susan Strowman, who is from the family of the Fugue. So she's a, a homebred. She'll be um, one to look look for. He bought a really nice Galileo filly um, out of Replete, who's from a, a, a nice job on the family. Um, but she's going to be sort of a back-end type horse. So, so we'll we'll talk about racing in the north now. Um, do you think when you come down south? I mean, I the, the furthest north I've ever been for racing is Doncaster. I, I'm a I'm a southern boy, um, so well, I, I'm. That's not north. Yeah, <laughs> anything above London's north for me. Um, um, and that, but so yeah, Marcus is a bit like an alien to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, from both sides. Yeah. No, I can't, can't understand a word he says. But um, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But um, do do you feel that the, the, there is a kind of a north and south divide, as it is often said, um, really between maybe the standards of horses, the standard of race courses, kind of everything. Really, do do you think there's a real difference of a lot of aspects of racing between north and south? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think it's it's possibly not as obvious on the slap as it is over jumps. Um, you know, when you get the southern horses coming up here, especially sort of like novice chasing and what have you, you know, it's difficult for us northerners to compete um, against that sort of calibre of horse. Um, I do struggle to to understand why, you know, some of the bigger owners don't give people in the North chances. You know, I, I, it, it baffles me. You know, there's plenty of trainers up North who have got 
decent facilities, if not, you know, better than some of the southern yards. Um, and yeah. I would, would, would you say maybe... You know, there was obviously a lot last week about, well, the beginning of the week about um, the handicapper sticking married to Europe for £11, which... Ridiculous. Yeah, it was a shambles, wasn't it? I mean, that was an article that day. I mean, Chris, were there, actually. Yeah, we were yeah. both there. Yeah, you look at the fractions in, in the Swords, didn't we? Yeah, but, but, but even so, why Why would anyone with a horse that you know realistically cannot win, why would you yeah. bother going pot hunting anymore because you're just going to get crucified for the, the, for the rest of the year? Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't, it, that, it can't carry on like that, you know? Yeah, you there's, no, there's no incentive to run, is there? Yeah, there's no, no. incentive to run. Like, yeah, they've got 16k position third, right? Yeah, what, what are they going to do now? Yeah, exactly. The horse is handicapped. It's probably handicapped. It was too high in the weights anyway. Now, now they've had it. Yeah. And so, it, it, it's the same, like, if those horses come up north and, and, you know, you've got a horse that, that finishes, you know, close to them, you've absolutely yeah. had it because it, the handicap is just going to absolutely cruci- like, crucify you. Like, it's ridiculous. Another thing about racing up north, obviously talking about the handicaps, sometimes you might get a horse down here, let's say, um, ran at courses that near me like Fontwell and Plumpton and, and courses, yeah. courses like that. And they might not have showed that much down here but i've seen some horses like have run poorly down here and then they go up north to your sedgefields and your cataracts and places like that and, and they actually do all right um yeah i mean you, do you can't, think you that... can't get away from the fact ultimately it is easier up north but if you know instead of all the decent horses being congregated in one place why can't people spread them out a bit you know like Becky Menzies does an absolutely amazing job with the horses she's got and the calibre of horses she's got, you know. It just takes one good horse for someone like that to put them on the map and prove to people that they're more than capable of, you know, sticking up to the best of them. But for some reason, no one brings them up north. No one sends them into training up north, and it's just ridiculous. Do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Like, seriously, do you think it's it's a class thing, or do you think it's a fact? It's an ignorance, or what do you think it is? I don't know if they're scared of like coming beyond Watford. I don't know. It's um, not quite that bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's quite close to me. Yeah, <laughs> nah, I'd say I'd say I'd say it's probably Birmingham. Um, but but yeah, it's, you see horses as well that from the north, like definitely Red, Topville Ben is coming down obviously at the weekend to Cheltenham. But, but a lot of the time when these northern horses come down here for like a big crack or something, they're, they're, just, they're, they're just nowhere near the same level, you, you know. And and you wonder if they were trained by maybe Henderson or 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 Nichols or one of those kind of trainers. That you just wonder, like, would they be that much better and maybe stand more of a chance down here in these kind of races at Cheltenham and. And places like that, uh, it, d- it does beg the question. But then you go on the flat, and you've got some some top courses up there, like York is a cracking course. Um, yeah, York. Yeah, but that's sort of a different bracket completely. Do you know what I mean? York, York has the decent meetings, and it's got the Dampy, it's got the Evil meetings. Do you know what I mean? It's, they're going to come pop hunting to York for that, but it's more like people actually putting these horses in training in the north. I just don't get it. 
yeah it's i can't i can't really think of many i think maybe probably your biggest owner i'd say up north maybe this is looking on the jump side things is probably you've got mid midland and trevor hemmings but apart from that you know don't don't seem you don't jp mcmanus has a few with ben haslam doesn't he but uh, apart apart from that you're not really the big owners then they're not going up north and it, and it is a shame um i think i think they sh- there should be more because there's a lot of good opportunities up north good trainers and and that and, and m- maybe if i don't know it's one of these new trainers on the block like phil kirby and that they start maybe getting a few more good horses and that they they might attract better owners because didn't phil kirby I can't remember the name of the owner that he got now, but they brought like Black Lion for like ridiculous money for the national, and some of these old Irish boys with Elliot, like Don, was it Don Poley they brought and and that? Yeah, Dave Yates. Yeah, Dave Yates. Yeah. Is it Dave Yates? Yeah. So when Newcastle ripped up the the turf, right, and turned it all weather, yeah. what was what was your opinion on that at the time? Do you think it was going to work, or were you sort of against it, or? Think. Uh, at the time, originally, I said I would never go racing again at Newcastle. Yeah. yeah, and I haven't actually missed a meeting there since it. Yeah, like, it's funny because okay. I am, um, yeah, like, see, maybe four or five years ago, just, just before they actually announced that they were, they were doing the Newcastle, there was, was some chat that they were maybe going to do it at Musselburgh, but the problem was the floodlights were going to look on some houses, so they had to find an alternative. And obviously, there was a big uproar about going to Newcastle. Um, even when I was studying up there, like me and my friends, we just get the train down to Newcastle all the time in Gosford. It was amazing. Um, and the feedback, that even the trainers, and obviously, I, I don't I don't know what the feedback is with yourself, but the majority of the feedback I've heard, it's probably the fairest track in the country. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all positive. Yeah, that's interesting. It's probably, from, from my perspective, I, I hate Newcastle as a track for, for punting. <laughs> I, I, yeah. what, what, what would you say, Megan, is the key to Newcastle? Because for me, I, I always find if you go to the front too early, you, you never yeah. last home. But then yet there's always horses coming back from a, from a million miles away and they never quite get there in time. What, 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 what kind of, what, what, what's the best way of riding it, would you say? I don't know. I'm not a jockey. But it's, you don't, you don't want to be... For me, you don't want to front run round there. It's very difficult to, you know, if you if you manage to front run round there, you're a good horse. Um, it's difficult. It just depends on what the way the race develops and how quick they're going. Really, it's a stiff track. It's a long enough finish. Um, originally, draw wise, you wanted to be far side, but now you want to be down the stand side. So that that really counts at the moment. Um, okay. But yeah, it's uh, you, you don't really want to be on the front end down there. Yeah, that's interesting. See, um, this weekend, do you fancy anything this weekend, Meg? Like, John, what's Mark yeah, Carter? Um, well, I don't know about that. This is what the punters want. This is what the listeners want. This is this this is what the punters want. They yeah. want Megan to to mark the cards and they want accounts to be closed. Yeah. Just show us the winners. Obviously, decks on out till tomorrow. Yeah. But if, yeah. Um, if Navajo Pass is declared for the juvenile hurdle, 
mm-hmm. and uh, he he'd be my selection um, for Don Kane, and uh, hopefully Brian Hughes can get a, another win on the board and start sealing his jockey championship because it's pretty much his to lose at the moment, I think. Um, yeah, so now the whole path. Yeah, won the Grade Two at Doncaster, didn't he? Just before Christmas. Yeah, he won really easy on debut at, at Bangor in a three-win race, mm. uh, and then went and finished second to Tavis, who won today at yep. Weatherby, funny enough, for Jed O'Keefe. Um, that was a Class Two at Newcastle on Fighting Fifth Day. Um, he then went on to win a Grade Two at Doncaster and beat a horse of Alan King called Lord Lamington. Um, yeah, he disappointed though. Yeah, I was impressed with Lord Lamington on his debut at Market Race. Yeah. He jumped, jumped really well. Um, and he finished sort of second at Kempton. I think he was only beaten two and three quarter length or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think hopefully Navajo Pass could be one of the ones from the no. Yeah, he's the best on ratings looking in the race, actually. He's well clear, isn't he? Well clear on the race. But this, uh, this Cerberus could be interesting that JP McManus has brought. Apparently he's been buying everything. Try- he's desperate to win the Triumph. And he's just been buying... Yeah, I mean, I was impressed when he won the Grade 3 at Fairy House at the start of December. Um, yeah, and he's got form that ties in with to... all mankind. As well. Yeah, he he would as well be that big, but the the ground was bottomless. Obviously, Tavis finished sixth, and that and has come out and won today. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a nice horse to Jeddah keep. I like I like him. Yeah, he's a good horse um, on the flat. Yeah, I mean, Quantum have spent quite a lot of money, but hopefully, that will come into fruition with the those horses. Um. So Navel Pass is going to get us off to a yeah. winning start. Okay. Hopefully. Do you think Sam Crow will run in the uh, the novice chase, the handicap chase? No. Nope. Because if he doesn't run it open up, one of the weights, Sam Crow, one fifteen. Mm. Um, I don't I don't have any opinion on Sam Crow. There's a horse in that race, um, that I do like. Uh which I wonder if it's gonna be the one I like. What? <laughs> Champagne Court. Um he Thompson didn't see him at all with a small field, but, you know, he had to go and win that and qualify for the 60k bonus for the festival. Um, he's £12 higher than when he won at Sandown, but he's bred to be a very good chaser. He's from the family royal athlete. Um, and, yeah, I think he's quite exciting, hopefully. Yeah, he's 8 to 1, best price. He's, um, he's 25 to 1 for the Close Brothers, because I was looking at getting yeah. into him anti-post. And... Um, <sighs> This race threw up Mr. Whitaker a couple of years ago, who then went on to win the Close Brothers in the same year. So I was kind of looking at that angle, thinking, God, if Champagne Court wins, he, I think he'll, he'll be nearly favourite for the Close Brothers. And he actually ran a good race here in the Martin Pike to finish fourth behind yeah, early doors. So, um, so, yeah, so Champagne Court, I agree with you there, Megan. I, I, I'm all over him. I think I think actually if the, if he um, does definitely one hundred percent gets declared tomorrow, I think he'll go off near favourite for this race. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. So I better put this out tonight. <laughs> um, yeah. So next one. Yeah. Who who do you like next? Um, Paddy Power, yeah. The last one that I like is uh, in the last race. Okay. 
Да. И это Колин Цезар? I know when he won and just got the better of now and McGinty, he had he had his he definitely had his critics that day. Um, do, do we think maybe coming in maybe if he wins this and then going for the Gold Cup, he's definitely a major player, or would we just write him do off? Do you think he jumped? Do you think he jumped well enough? Uh, no, but you could argue he needed the run. Even so, do you, do you think he jumped well enough in the hole? I mean, no. Well, I I was all over now. I McGin don't yeah, think I was all over now. McGinty for the Welsh national. I actually did a Christmas double when the first leg one, which was Clander's Ovo, and then obviously I was let down by now McGinty. He just well, don't know what he was doing that day, but could never get in the involved in the race. But yeah, I mean, I I was talking about it with Marcus off air beforehand. Uh, The, the Cheltenham Gold Cup the last few years, it's kind of been the horse that's probably come in with a fresher campaign that's done the best. And um, I just think if he... He's always been one of those horses, hasn't he, that showed a lot of potential. That if, if yeah, it all... he's not quite sort of fulfilled that, though. I mean, no. it's a long it's a long season. Obviously, he has, he has fresher than most. I just think, you know, he'd really have to be winning that well on Saturday. Yeah. I, I I just think Delta works probably the bet in the race at five to one. I don't think he's going. I don't think he's going. He's not going. Is he is he not is he a is he? He, he he's still in the he's still in there, but as far as I heard this he's going for uh, the Irish Gold Cup. Um All right, okay. But, um, I think that was a good run in Ireland last time. That form looked, looked solid. And then, yeah. I mean, I'd imagine it'd probably just be a match bet between Bristol de Mayen, Santini, um, 5-4, What about the Rasha counter? Yeah, I was just looking at him. Um, he, to find? I mean, he will he's got stuff to find, but of, often, if probably the last, the last good horse to win what was... The Hennessy, now the Labrooks Trophy, was obviously Native River. 
I'm not saying he's the next native river and waiting, but I mean, if, if he if he if he runs a similar race like he did in the Labyrinth, she's got to have a chance, surely, of going close. And Bristol de May is one of those horses that a lot of people can never get right. It's normally when people are are with him, he disappoints, and when people are against him, he goes and and reminds us reminds us why he's a good animal. Um, I, I think. I think it's actually a really tricky race. I do think it will carve up, but I just think it there could be one or two gold cup clues in here if you wanted to stay away from the likes of Album Photo and and Clanders Ovo. Do, do you think there could be maybe one or two gold cup indicators? Mm, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be on Santine for the gold cup anyway. Um, um, he's, I just don't think he's good enough. Doesn't jump well enough. Well, what, I think this year is wide open. Cup or Topville Bend for the North? Mm. No? No. Not if he gets. No, get... I'm, not, I'm not convinced that Cheltenham is back. No. Didn't he run in the RSA there a couple of years ago? Uh, um, yes, he did. He ran yeah, last he year, but he fell. And yeah, he did. He was still in contention when he fell, so. You never know. He could have maybe made the frame that day, but uh, yeah, he, I just think. No, I mean, if you look at the race, if, if you look at the course in terms to win at, they're, they're flat tracks. Yeah. They're stiff, but the, you know they haven't got an uphill finish like Cheltenham. Um, you know he's he's a tough horse. He's improved dramatically. He won well at Weatherby last time. Um, whether the ground's soft enough for him, I don't know. No, I I think Topville Ben. He I think he's probably the only front runner in the race. So if he got into a good rhythm, you know he might get the likes of Santini and 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 that maybe maybe out of their comfort zone if he if he if if he put the pace on early. Well, that's how he used to go, isn't it, uh, Topville Ben? But yeah, I think I think I think it's actually it could be a bit more of an interesting race than we're giving it credit for, even though it's. Maybe not the greatest lineup we've ever seen of the race, but I, th- I think it could be an interesting one on the day. I think I think five to four is a bit short though. Yeah, um, looking at all the variables, but yeah, just I mean round up Megan Samsey's Navigal Pass twelve forty. Um, next one is Champagne Court one fifteen, and the last one was it was the Colin Tizard yeah running the handicap yeah, hurdle, wasn't it? And Chia. And, and Chia. And Chia. And uh, yeah. that could actually be quite a nice travel, a nice Trixie. Yeah. Um, but now, listen, it's been, it's been great talking to you, Megan, um, going through just sort of how you got into racing, what you're currently doing just now. Um, listen, just all things racing, just an honest chat about how things are going, and hopefully hopefully the syndicate works out for you. Have a good season with, with the new batch. Um, hope John does well as well. And get a couple of winners on Saturday. We'll be all good. But thanks for coming on. I uh, really appreciate it. No worries. That's all right. So, um, yeah, thanks for joining us. And if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter for our uh, podcast uh, Twitter handle, it is in the saddle pod, and you'll find all the links to SoundCloud and Podbeam. So we'll be back next week, hopefully, and we'll be seeing you soon.